0: you're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, Keep it real and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This month, we are celebrating our four year anniversary. That's right, the Boss Ladies and Babies podcast is four years old this month. And to celebrate for the rest of 2022, we will be sharing some of our favorite and most listened to podcast episodes over the last four years. Taking the stroll down memory lane has been so incredible to see the amount of growth that this show has truly had, and I cannot wait to share some of our most popular episodes with all of you. So enjoy this stroll down memory lane. Enjoy the awkward moments of those beginning episodes. Enjoy the impactful stories from some of our favorite guests, and we will return in 2023 with new fresh episodes. And until then... Happy birthday to us. Mamas, are you searching for your community? Are you still searching for your village? I was feeling the same thing when I became a mom and decided that I wanted to continue to be an entrepreneur. So I felt called to change this and created my own safe space for boss ladies with babies. And I don't just mean infants. Our children will always be our babies. That is a place full of support, resources and community to help each other break the mold, create a new culture and make our biggest dreams come true. All while being the mama that we've always dreamed of. Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters was created for you. This is a community where you can come as you are, share your goals, share your dreams, share the highs and lows of business and motherhood and everything in between, and be fully supported by a community of women who understand you and what you're going through. Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters is full of education, support, accountability, inspiration, and most of all, connection with other women. Check out the link in the show notes to become a member of Boss Ladies and Babies headquarters today. Your village is waiting. So, this episode came out in September of 2020, and it was in the heat of all the toxicity that peered through in a lot of our relationships thanks to the pandemic. And we are joined in this episode by Amanda Tento of The Determined Mom, and she really shared a lot about her own toxic family relationships that had always been present but became a little bit more intense during COVID and everything that came along with the year 2020. She shared a lot of really vulnerable stories and some really great tips on how people listening could deal with their own toxic family relationships. This episode was one of our most listened to episodes, maybe ever, and I am excited to reshare it today because the pandemic may be somewhat over, but a lot of the fallout that came from these toxic family relationships and the damage that was done during the pandemic is still lingering around. So please enjoy this episode with Amanda Tinto. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the show. Hi, Megan. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to talk to you about just such a big topic that so many people can relate to right now. Um, So we're really thankful for you joining us and and diving into this. But before we do, why don't you go ahead and tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and let people get to know you just a bit. Sure.
1: So my name is Amanda Tento, and I am the owner of The Determined Mom, which is a digital marketing agency with a focus on Google My Business Management for um, small business owners to get ranking in that top three on Google. I am a mother of three daughters, and they are 10, 8, and 3, and um, I will be cyber schooling, running my business. I just got a full-time job in addition to that um, from home as a marketing manager um, for a spa, and I also... um, do I'm finishing my degree? Well, I, I literally have finished it. I just had to submit the revision today. So just finished my bachelor's degree. And yeah. So um nice. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm my husband uh, is African. So I'm sure that will come up in our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so um yeah, I think that's everything. I live in Lacey, Washington,
0: and I love your podcast. So thank you (laughs) you are one busy mama holy cow (laughs) yeah
1: I am and I am always like as soon as I drop one thing I'm like oh I can pick up this you know I'm like one of those like I don't know I'm sure you you ladies are like that too um just having oh and I have a podcast too um yeah yeah. yeah, give a yeah. shout out. What's your podcast? Yeah, for it's called The Determined to... Mom Show. And we focus mainly on, well, my episodes, the ones that I do by myself are generally about marketing. And then I also have a lot of other guests on in their area of expertise, anything from psychologists to, you know, um, woo woo stuff, anything. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's great. Awesome.
2: Well, um, we wanted to talk to you tonight about toxic family. So, I mean, that's a heavy enough (laughs) topic as it is. There's so much division going on, especially in our country right now, um, that I'm sure most people are dealing with toxic relatives in one way or another. Um, How are you, are, are you experiencing that and how are you dealing with it within your family? it is
1: a very invasive topic in my household because um, I am from originally from central Pennsylvania. So if you know where that is, it's like near the Maryland line. So it's like right above the Mason Dixon line. um, A couple miles actually is where we're from. So like right above that um, North South line and um, basically my entire family um with the exception of a few like really distant cousins are um kind of all lives matter people mm-hmm. um and Trump supporters and it's very difficult right now including my best friend and actually we just had a our first fight in 16 years um mm-hmm. over her voting for Trump so um but <laughs> it's been a, a crazy um <laughs> Like since May, since the end of May, since the George Floyd incident, my life has just been very roller coaster like um, dealing with my parents and how they're treating my um, stepsister who has a biracial son as well. Um, obviously, our kids are Cameroonian American, so they are um, biracial, and it's very uh, interesting, you know, and just to see um, the lack of empathy and the lack of emotional intelligence that is coming from my family, especially my mom and my sister um, and my stepdad, like those that are closest to me. It's really, really sad. Mm -hmm.
0: And so you were pretty aware about of their, you know, mindset and everything already. Are you finding that it's a lot harder to deal with now or has it always kind of been a divide for you guys? So it's always
1: been a divide because I'm the black sheep of the family. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like anything that I've ever done has not been correct. Um, No matter what it is, it's just one of those things. So Mm -hmm. that's one part of it in the fact that like, I know that I can't do anything right. And then I went and married an African man, which that was a whole thing too. So Mm -hmm. that was like 12 years ago, because we'll be married 12 years in December, but, um, you know, I've been dealing with it for my entire life. So I know that they're toxic. I know that they have those tendencies, but it wasn't really until, um, last fall I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And, um, I realized that I think I've had anxiety my entire life <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> it stems
1: from my family. Yeah. Like, oh my God, like all of the things that I do, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, okay, I think that I've had this my entire life and it just makes sense. And, um, you know, by going to my counselor and talking to her about the things that my mom says, my mom does, my sister says, my sister does. Um, she's like, okay, this is, you know, probably a lot of your anxiety is coming from these things just because I know that I don't have a supportive family. Um, They're there in spirit, I would say, Mm -hmm. but they're not really truly there. Or maybe they're there in body. I think Mm. that's a better way to explain it, but they're not there in spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. Like they don't understand my life. They don't understand our daily life as a a household. They don't understand those things and they don't care to, Mm. even though they say they do,
0: they don't. Do you so think maybe really they don't know how or they just don't even want to try to know how?
1: I think know? they don't know how. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and I also think there's a little bit of the don't want to try to know how mm-hmm. because it's like my way is the way. That's the mentality. It's like mm-hmm. there's only one way. It's the way that I think everyone else in the world is
0: wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm.
1: it, it's definitely lack of emotional intelligence. That's mm-hmm. my that's the biggest way that I describe it.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, that you've kind of known this for so long and where so many of us are right now is that, you know, when everything just kind of blew up with COVID and then George Floyd and now this amazing movement that's going on and Facebook and all of the just confidence that people get behind their keyboard, a lot of us are now learning, oh, wow, I didn't know that person thought, that. I had no idea that person thought, how is this, you know, how are these people in my life? And it's, it's kind of just blowing up for so many of us that we're starting to see who people really are. And I mean, that's, that's a really terrifying thing to experience. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's hard that you've been dealing with that for so long. You know, now a lot of us can kind of relate. Yeah,
1: it's really disheartening when you I actually had to physically sit down with my parents on just like what we're doing right now on a video call. And I had to explain to them why what they did to my stepsister and my nephew was not okay, and why it was racist and why they shouldn't have done it and why he was offended and why she was offended. And Mm -hmm. like I literally had to sit down and say, you are racist, Like to my parents, it was like the most awkward conversation that I've ever had. And I had to be like firm and, you know, like answer their questions and all of that stuff. And then at that moment, of course, they said they're open to learning. They're open to, you know, all of those things. And of course, my mom's like, well, I don't care if you're if the kids are green. It doesn't matter what color they are to me. That's not it. (laughs) Like everybody in the world sees them as black, you know. So, they can't be green. They can't be another color. Um, That's what they are. And it's just super frustrating to not be able to, um, you know, have them understand that. So, Mm -hmm.
0: absolutely. Well, in that regard, I mean, you know, for anybody who's starting to find toxicity in their family that they didn't know existed. Would you say that it's better to stay quiet and not make waves or speak up and risk the loss of relationships? So I used
1: to be quiet. And I'm past that point now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm not to be. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like I have a lot of like I have my one cousin um who hosts Thanksgiving and Christmas every year. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like Pretty overtly racist, I would say. But the thing that I don't understand is that he'll get along with my husband and be chummy with my husband while he's there. But then at the same time, he's posting like the Confederate flag and like um, you know, like supporting the dude that you know shot the people in um, Wisconsin. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. align for me. Like it, like your actions need to align with your words, and your words need to align with your actions in order for me to feel comfortable around you. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to his house ever again. Like, I've decided that, like, we're moving back there um, closer towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And I'm setting really, really, really hard boundaries with my family. Mm. Because I cannot, 3,000 miles is a really great boundary for me. And we've (laughs) we've been here for five years. And I have loved that boundary because they have to Tell me ahead of time that they're coming. They have to book their flight. They have to make sure that I'm there to pick them up at the airport. Like, it's a nice boundary.
0: Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. So, um, what do you do if you can't get to a healthy place of disagreement with the family member? Have you ever had to, like, cut ties and be done totally with them?
1: hmm I have. And um, my cousin's wife, a few years back, when the whole illegal immigration thing was really hot, um on the Facebook, Um, (laughs) I had a couple arguments and actually had an argument with my sister that my mom ended up having to mediate um, because it was like so intense about that. And um, so I, I just deleted my cousin's wife and I haven't talked to her in like eight years. So
0: Um, I'm totally cool with that. It just was like, you deleted her. And that was, that was the end Mm -hmm. of it. And yeah.
1: Yep. I'm just, I, I guess I'm just to the point where like, I, if you cannot like be human and see other humans as human and empathize and those kind of things, I don't like having that kind of person in my life. I don't, I think I'm just old enough now (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I know that my time is precious, who I surround myself with is precious. I don't have a lot of extra time. So if I'm spending time, I want to spend it with people that understand
0: me without me having to talk. Yeah. Explain. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's so important. Now and it just it's such a struggle because it's so easy to just say, like, okay, well, we have difference of opinions and we'll just, you know, we won't talk about those things or, you know, just kind of push it down. But that's what we've all been doing for all of these years. And then when something like this happens and everybody's true colors are coming out and you look around who you're associated with, and it can be a little bit scary. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just, I mean, how, it is? yeah, how? just how do you get to a place where you can balance these relationships with people in your life that you might not agree with? Because it's, I don't necessarily feel like if you don't agree with me, I'm cutting you out of my life, right? There's, there's much more to it, what you're saying, even there's much more to it. It's not as simple as, okay, you're a Republican, I don't want anything to do with you. You know, it's not that. Mm But there is this toxicity that is coming from that side and these, you know, relationships. But a lot of us are working to try to be allies. I mean, how do you even balance that?
1: It's extremely difficult. And I'm in a position right now where I'm really struggling with that myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I can't, like, never talk to my mom again. You know, like, it's just one of those things where I just have to kind of... um, almost avoid it or when it comes up or when something is like really, really obvious, I'll send her a link or something or a video or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then of course she comes back with this like crazy, like brainwashed um, (laughs) retort. And I'm like, oh my God, why did I waste my energy? You know? So like, I think the best thing to do is if it's someone that's really, really close to you that you do love and care about. I'm thinking avoidance is the best way. I don't know. I, I actually don't feel like I know the answer to that yet mm-hmm. um, because I don't think that there is a right answer, right. honestly.
0: It's um, person by person. I mean, sure, if it's like your neighbor, two houses down that you've known for a year and a half, like, bye. <laughs> you yeah, know? exactly. If exactly. it's your mom or your best friend or, you know, a sibling, it's it's just so, so challenging. Yeah. And I'm going through it with all three of those things that you just. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: It's really crazy. And, yeah, I don't know what to do. Um, My best friend and I literally cried and talked for many hours on the phone one day because, you know, I just can't, um, can't get it through to her that, you know, by voting for someone that is literally encouraging, like, harm towards my family mm-hmm. that it really hurts me
2: right. you know
1: like it really it affects my daily life my husband actually just had to quit his job because of racial discrimination um but wow. he can't i mean he's filed uh complaints before when it happened at a different place and They just send a letter saying they're going to investigate. So it's like literally there is no recourse for black people in this country other than us white people being the allies, being the voice and not being silent about it Mm. um, and demanding change like what's going on right now. But at the same time, how can I demand change for my husband when my best friend, my mom, my sister, my cousins, my, you know, all of those people are gonna be voting against our family. It just it's such a hard thing for me to reconcile. And I talk to my husband about it all the time, you know. Um, but
0: it's really difficult, you know. Yeah, what what if you are comfortable sharing? What's your husband's viewpoint on all of this? I mean, is he kind of like, Oh, you know, it's okay, let don't make waves, or is he like, Yeah, stand up for me? You know, what's his
1: well, of course he wants me to stand up for him. However, yeah. um At this point, he's so used to it and so used to being in this country that he's like, we even had this conversation the other day. He's like, look, I just want to go home. Like, I don't even care anymore. I just want to get out of here. I just want to go back. Um, I don't want to be here anymore. It's just, you know, like he's, it's almost like he's beaten up to the point where he doesn't even care anymore about it. It's just there. It's not going to change in the next five, 10, 20 years right. to a point where he can be treated the same way that I am. It's a long process. So he's already
0: acknowledged it and kind of given up, which is sad. I'm Yeah. I was just, I'm so sad to hear that. That's, I mean, but what is, you know, I mean, you can't blame him, honestly. Mm-hmm.
1: I can't because I've seen all the stuff that he goes through. He got stopped here in Lacey, um, couple weeks ago by a police officer for making a legal right turn onto martin way when there was nothing coming (laughs) and the police officer was like do you know what you did and he's like honestly i really don't and he's like you turned in front of that car and he's like well the car was like really far away so it's okay so then he called me on my cell phone to like make sure that I knew what was going on so I could hear the conversation and everything. Mm-hmm. And the police officer came back to the car, saw that he was, had the phone on and was talking to me, mm-hmm. handed him st- his stuff and left. Didn't even oh, say wow. like anything like just, and the first thing, the first question that he asked my husband was, is this your car? Oh Because wow. he has a nice car. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, do you own this car? Like who, like, have you ever been asked that? Yeah. No, no. Never. You're pulled over. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's super frustrating.
0: Yeah. This is in Lacey, Washington. I mean, this is like you j- for, for anybody in this area or even just in Washington state that you're listening and you're seeing all this on the news and you're thinking, oh, well, that's there. That's not here. No, it's here. It's literally everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, I know, and this is going a little bit off of the topic, but I feel like yeah. this is really important to know because you know, a lot of us are guilty of thinking, you know, we're just in this bubble. And we've talked about that on the show before, until the George Floyd movement. I mean, we just, a lot of us felt like, oh, racism doesn't really exist anymore, because we weren't seeing it firsthand. And now it's just so important that, you know, we open our eyes, we wake up, we pay attention, and we use our voices, even if that's going to cause issues in our families, because it is the most important thing right now to focus on.
1: Yep. I agree completely. And I've been doing this for years. I've been, Mm -hmm. I've had to take on like an extra role in our household of using my privilege, Mm -hmm. um, to accomplish things. So for example, one time he was on the phone with AT&T, he also has an accent. So it's not like just speaking to someone on the phone, it's speaking to someone with an accent. So, um, He spent, like, two hours on the phone with AT&T, and then I got on the phone, resolved it within five minutes. It's just, Mm -hmm. like, there's just this um, extra layer of, I don't know what you would call it. It's just extra layer of stress that he has to go through to get anything done. Super crazy. Man, that's
0: awful. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Let's just take like a little deep breath and just a moment to just soak all of that in. You know, I think it's really important that people are hearing that and comprehending that. Um, And then we'll just kind of jump into our next section about creating some of these mental and physical boundaries with our family or loved ones. Um, And so we talk a lot about boundaries on the show, but some new boundaries that we might be discovering due to the current state of the world. So we've already kind of talked about social media and it's just like the most toxic thing, I think, right now. So social media boundaries, are you finding yourself practicing any of those? What are you doing there?
1: Oh yeah, 100%. Anytime, like I have a lot of boss mom friends, for example, um, but anytime any of them, post anything that, um, you know, is anti like black lives matter, then I will just go ahead and, um, remove them because, um, then I know that I'm not going to work with them in the future accidentally, um, because I want to make sure that I'm spending my money, um, with people that are supportive, with people that are allies, with people that are um, understanding. So um, the other thing that I do is I've unfollowed pretty much all my family members because I don't want to see their, um, you know, their posts. Like I don't want to see them because it triggers me and I know that it's going to trigger me and then I'm going to end up saying something that they're not going to like. I actually had that happen. My cousin posted something. Can't even remember what it was now. The cousin that I was telling you about, Thanksgiving Christmas cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, so he posted something on his Facebook. I replied in a not-so-nice way. And then my other cousin, who I thought was like, like he's an anti-Trump person, but then he defended my cousin. And I'm like, I don't even understand what's going on now. Like, it's so weird. I'm in a bumble. I'm not even replying to any of them. So... Yeah. So I just didn't reply to the replies because I was like, I cannot believe that you're defending him. Can't believe it. But yeah, so I think just making those um, like in your mind, like, you know what you're going to do when this happens. I think setting those expectations for yourself. I don't want to spend all my day on social media arguing with my family about my family, you know, like... (laughs) (laughs) I want to do that. So, and actually like my best friend was mad at me because I deleted her mom and I deleted her boyfriend because they were both posting things. And I'm like, look, it's my prerogative. Mm -hmm. You can delete me. You can delete my husband. You can delete whoever you want. I am going to delete them and I'm not going to add them back because I don't want to see their stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's really important to know that you are in control of your space if that makes sense, mm-hmm. including holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, you know, like birthdays, you can control who you invite. You can control, um, you know, where you go, where you spend it, who you spend your time with. I feel like life is so precious. Mm-hmm. And for me, while I do want to spend it with my loved ones, I don't want to spend it feeling like I'm surrounded by people that tell my children that I love you to your face and then turn around and do something that's not
2: loving
0: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah absolutely and I, I feel like that's extra important in the social media part of it because like we said earlier people feel so brave behind the keys of a, of a keyboard like they're they just post and say and share stuff that you're most likely not going to come into like conversation with in person. So if any of you are dealing with, you know, family members or friends where you have that really close personal bond with, but maybe you don't want to see that side of them, I think that should be totally okay. And unfollow them. I mean, I remember I'm was on, I've been on Facebook since the days where it was just college kids. And so now that I'm like, okay, I can see literally all my friends and their grandmas and everyone it's, overwhelming and it's just it's it's too much and especially if you have like multiple family members and friends that are posting all of this I, I can't even imagine being in your shoes with family members that are being affected like I'm just an ally but I have a white husband white kids like we're not affected by it every day um i I just can't imagine what you're going through. And I'm like, so sorry, I'm so sorry for that. And that's really tough. The family is hard. And I feel like sometimes you give them the benefit of the doubt where they're just maybe not educated about it. But then when you take those steps to educate them about it and they're still dragging their heels and just so deep into their belief system that they're just beyond help. I've I've dealt with that too and I'm trying to just either just say I I really don't want to talk about politics right now because there's so much going on and I'm such an emotional person it's just exhausting and I just don't want to have that conversation with you right now and that's been okay and you shouldn't feel like ashamed or like apprehensive of setting your boundaries like that either online or in person.
0: Mhm. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Yep. And one thing I wanted to add to you, Amanda, is with being a business lady presence online, you know, you're this boss mom and you run your business online. I love the fact that you are so vocal about your beliefs, even though you're also, you know, your social media presence is your business. I think that's so important. And gone are the days where you don't talk about, you know, your political stance in business. It is... Okay, and I think 100% needed to be very vocal about your political views in your business, even on your business page. Don't be careful around that. Don't tiptoe around that. Because, you know, realistically for me, if we have that different of views, I don't know that I want to be doing business with you anyway. So you're going to attract your ideal customer by sharing your views because they're going to stick around on your page. That's so true. That's a
1: hundred percent true. And I I have done a couple podcast episodes on that mm-hmm. because I know that like it's something that people, especially in March or, or I mean in May June, were really struggling. Like, should I do it? And I know there was like the whole I don't know if you remember the deal with like Marie Forleo and like all the stuff that she did and like um what the other the boss lead the boss mom. Samantha, no, what is her name? I can't remember. Anyway, but there was some drama around that um, in them like saying stuff, but not really like educating themselves first and Mm -hmm. censoring their groups and those kind of things. And I don't think um, it wasn't well received at all, Um, but don't be afraid to be yourself and, um, you know, stand up for what you believe in. And I know at the same time, they were standing up for what they believe in. But -hmm. at the same time, if it's not standing up for human rights, you might need to reevaluate your stance. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to the emotional intelligence thing, I think.
0: Yeah. Take the politics out of it. Yeah. I don't even think, you know, talking about politics was even the right way to say it. It's Mm -hmm. just all so jumbled into this big thing now. But if you take the politics out of it, just like you said, Amanda, the human rights. So you can, you know, you can be on a different political side but do you support human rights and if you do that's I mean you need to speak up about it
2: yep yeah that's
0: really what it comes down to yeah
2: I've read a lot about um, just the amount of like change that's going on and they're still that's still getting fought for and it's important I've, I've read a few places you want to be on the right side of history mm-hmm. right now like this I, I it's baffling that this is even a current situation i'm like okay segregation and all that has been over with but none of it's gone none of it's gone and i i've been doing a lot of reading of course about it and um i just read today that we have to think that a lot of our either parents or grandparents or great-grandparents were the ones that were alive during those times watching lynchings taking their kids to watch lynchings that was just such an ingrained part of like I I don't want to say culture because that's just horrific but part of lives so of course we're still going to be dealing with generations that don't understand that that's wrong no matter how hard we try so I think just by speaking up as much as possible as possible and not putting it like you can't be quiet if we're just gonna all sit around and be quiet and let it keep happening it's gonna keep happening that's what's been going on for hundreds of years we need to just speak up and i mean it sounds like there's been a lot of changes going on already through the protests and rioting and all of that however divisive they want to make it politically things are getting changed which is great and encouraging um but there's just so far to go so mm-hmm. just it's a good time to speak up you don't i i, I would not want to be on the i i my brain and heart can't comprehend the other side, but that's just me.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's a really difficult time, but at the same time, if there ever has been a time to speak up and stand up and make your voice heard, it's now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so back to boundaries, political conversation boundaries. How do we as, you know, the next months that are coming up, how do we exist with opposing opinions and have productive conversations while setting boundaries for ourselves to not go completely insane?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, (laughs) Is it possible? That one's really rough right now. Um, (laughs) As every day, like, the president puts his foot in his mouth or whatever. Um, So it's really difficult. Um, But, you know, I think understanding that, There is another point of view. So the funny thing is I was raised in that Republican country and within that house, like that's where I came from. But then I went to college and I opened my eyes and I met new people and I met, had new experiences and those kind of things. And that's where I really blossomed into my own person, much to the chagrin of my family. Um, (laughs) But um, you know, like I think knowing where they're coming from and why they believe the things that they believe is also really important mm-hmm. um, in understanding the other person's point of view, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, like, Absolutely. political views almost always have to do with your family, mm-hmm. um, they almost always have to do with the area that you live in, where you were raised, the values that you, you know, were raised with, those kind of things. Um, so, it's Important to, if you're having those political conversations, to understand where that other person is coming from and understand that obviously you're not coming from the same place or else you would agree. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's a really important part of it and just making sure that that is addressed as well and that you're, you know, considerate of the other person and not. Mm-hmm degrading and all of those things, but definitely, probably not something to talk about in the workplace, um, (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I think considerate is probably the most important thing to remember. And it, it is interesting to, you know, have a conversation with somebody and going into it with an open mindset that, Hey, maybe you'll learn something that, you know, is different than what you thought. However, also being confident in when to shut the conversation down, because if you want to give me some facts and some statistics and tell me about why you believe what you do, I'm all for it. Let's have a conversation. I'll do the same. But if you just want to come talk to me and tell me that I'm a libtard and my brain is mush and I'm an idiot because these are my views, there needs to be just the you need to have the confidence within yourself to not let people talk to you like that and to shut it down on both sides if if you know it turns into an aggressive or you know accusatory name calling type of conversation it's not productive at that point you just need to shut it down yeah
1: okay. i think the name calling is like the first indicator <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly. 100% so aside from a movement and a you know election coming up we're also still in a pandemic which has all sorts of differentiating opinions as well so setting boundaries on family gatherings or events and socializing during this pandemic so that has actually come up twice
1: for us in the last week because we were invited to a baptism and we were also invited to a birthday party which my kids don't even know about that one because if they knew about that one it would have been like Yeah, Yeah, really bad. But, you know, not knowing what is going on, um, like, I don't know what this thing is. It could turn you into a zombie. It could, you know, obviously it's killing you. It's Mm -hmm. killing people. I see people on my... Facebook feeds, friends on my Facebook feed who are losing their family members. You know, okay. I saw someone, uh, a woman posted on her Facebook feed today that her grandfather is dying of COVID right now and her parents are both infected, but they're trying to take care of him. Like that's a horrible, horrible situation because they're dealing with that, you know, that whole situation and it's affecting them. I don't want to be, and I don't want my children to be, and I don't want my husband to be responsible for spreading that. Um, I think it's a social responsibility thing. I just don't want to go somewhere, get it from someone and then end up taking it somewhere else, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, for me and our family, that's really where it is. So with the baptism, we were going to go up until like an hour before. And then my husband and I were talking and we're like, you know, is it really worth it? I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem like it. We don't know what measures are in place. It was outdoors at a park. And all that stuff, but I messaged her and I was, it was my former neighbor and I was like, you know, like, is everybody going to be wearing masks? How many people are going to be there? How can they social distance and all this stuff? Um, And so then um, we ended up just not going and I just mailed her card, but (laughs) it's just like, you know, and then. Our other former neighbor, which is funny, um, invited us to her daughter's birthday party at her house. And I know she already has four kids plus her, plus her parents, probably. So that's like already almost 10 people mm-hmm. plus me and my three kids are going to be another four people. So I'm like, oh, my God, I don't think I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. like just there's that, you know, it's just too many people and my kids are too touchy feely. So. Mm-hmm. all. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So we had to decline both of those invitations and looking forward to small gatherings. We have gotten together um, twice with um, other families that have three kids at a park at Lake Lois where there's no playground. There's nothing for them to touch. They have to play with sticks and dirt and run around and chase each other and that kind of thing. And they can be like far away, you know, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it's out in the open. Mhm. But I think making that distinction of what you're comfortable with and you know I think it's really about you and your family and your beliefs your values and and those kind of things it's really a personal decision but if we all do the same thing then it's going to go away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like right. it's not a secret. Yeah. <laughs> China already did it. Like all these places are already like recovered and we're still going up the hill.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And as much as you don't want to make it political, it has become so political and it's hard because the people that want to be safe and like, okay we know wearing a mask is not that hard our my kids do it i know megan's daughter's too and she wears her mask no problem Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you don't want to miss out on those things but it's like also the people that are having those kind of celebrations are probably the ones not worried anyways and those are like the last people that you want to be around as hard as that is i mean you don't know who people have been hanging out with there's just so risky right now so you really have to weigh the risk on every single person that you come into contact with if it's worth it if you trust them if you know what they're doing it's tough right now it's really hard Mm -hmm. i'm still i'm still like in denial that we're in a pandemic (laughs) it's so so, like apocalypse movie it's insane
1: it is it is i was driving back from the credit union the other day and i had just gone through the whole like mask they lock the door and then they let you in and then they tell you where to go and then all that stuff and then on the way back it was like one of those moments where like my husband had had the public radio on and it was like this lady talking about the pandemic and it was like there was nobody else on the road it was just like this really eerie (laughs) apocalyptic um experience and I was like weird
0: (laughs) yeah it is so weird oh my gosh oh so with everything you know all of this that we're juggling and then also being working moms as well let's talk about some boundaries of you know working and motherhood with all of the new added challenges
1: it's a challenge oh my goodness the spring like the weird thing is my kids were sick for the four day first four days of that week and I was going to send them back on Friday but I was like no I don't want to send them back just in case you know like Mm -hmm. I don't want to spread it it's you know, whatever. Then they like literally never went back to school, yeah. like ever. And it was like, I was so unprepared for that. And I was like, you know, like, so they've met, they have like an extra week off than other kids had. Um, and then the whole teaching thing, and I used school as a babysitter mm-hmm. for two of my kids. And I was like, this really sucks because I don't have the mental capacity right now And I just started a new um, antidepressant medication, so I was, like, still leveling up (laughs) on that. Uh I was like, oh, my God, it's not enough. It's not enough. (laughs) So now I'm at the right dose, by the way. But um, (laughs) it was a little challenging because all of that was happening at the same time, you know, and, like, balancing your business and your work. And I was also – I had finished 10 classes from May 1st to or 11 classes from May 1st until the beginning of August. So it was nuts and it is nuts and it's really hard. And your mom, you know, like, so juggling all of that and everything else, like the dishes, the laundry, the meals, bathing people, um, all of that means that you're like superwoman, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to acknowledge the fact that we do an amazing, amazing job and that, not going to lie, men couldn't do the things that we do. So (laughs) I'm not being sexist, but there's just not, it's just the wiring is different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just biologically different. It's so weird, but um, yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, definitely hard.
0: Do you have a plan for the fall now that you kind of know a little bit more what to expect? I mean, you've got a lot going on. I do have a plan. So (laughs) my
1: um, in April, we actually decided not to send the kids back to North Thurston, which is their school district, because of how everything was handled in the spring. (laughs) It was Mm -hmm. just like a giant cluster. And we were, my husband and I were like, look, they're not going to be able to send the kids back to school in the fall. So let's just get them into cyber school. So we actually signed them up for Washington virtual Academy because it's an established program. It already has like a curriculum. They've been doing it for 20 years. It's nothing new. They have, you know, everything is established and it's not like they're guessing at how to do it. And we wanted them to have that consistency. And, um, So we just kind of bet on that, you know, and enrolled them in April for the fall and got all of that taken care of. And we redid their room. So they each have their own desk and workspace, got another computer, lights, all of the things that they need are in there. And it's right across from my office. So um, it should be as long as they're not screaming and yelling when I'm on the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, or on calls or on podcast recordings then it should be okay (laughs) so yeah and then the two-year-old or the three-year-old she's three now um, I have you know that what is it the Homer app for her Mm -hmm. her ABCs and I have like little preschool books and we're going to work on that um, when she's yeah and I ordered her one of those little Mickey Mouse desks that she can sit at with her little pencil holder so trying to give her her own little school because I had promised her last year that when she was potty trained and turned three that she could go to preschool well oh. that ain't happening so yeah. I feel bad for her <laughs> thanks COVID <laughs> I know right <laughs> oh, man. so yeah but she's less aware I think than the other girls are that she's not going to school so yeah yeah definitely yeah
2: well, hopefully it all goes smoothly. Yeah. <laughs> I think mean, that's all we can all do right now is just hope and everyone's going through like the learning curve right now and yeah it's one of those one day at a time, one hour at a time kind of situations yeah. you know, yeah.
1: did you did you decide what you're doing for back to school obviously probably by now
2: yeah, our um so I will have a kindergartner and a second grader this year, which I'm just heartbroken that my kindergartner is starting big kid school in my living room. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, we also set up like little desk areas for them. Um, there's our school district here is amazing. I'm so impressed with how they've handled communication. Um, my second grade daughter got a, um, a Chromebook from them. And then my son got an iPad for kindergarten. And so they're going to do all the online stuff. Um, It all sounds very organized and well thought out. However, (laughs) kids are just different at home than they are in real life. And I'm like, okay, I understand you want them to sit in front of the like screen and talk with their class, but they can't even like have a video chat with their grandparents with like keeping their attention. So I'm curious to see how it all goes. On the other hand, I know that there's, like, a big push. Everyone's, like, really looking forward to getting back in person, and I'm just really nervous that Mm -hmm. I won't be ready to send them back when they can officially go back, and that's, like, I I didn't want to officially sign them up for homeschool and, like, make that commitment because I do want them to go back, and I do love the teachers at the school, and I really want to stay involved with them, but uh, it's going to be scary. I'm, I'm nervous. And I even sent in a question and asked the principal, which I haven't heard the answer yet because I didn't get to go to that zoom meeting that day. But, um, what I'm wondering what happens to the families that aren't quite ready to go back that first week, like maybe send some kids that are, their parents are, you know, prepared and confident in that send them for a few weeks and see how it goes, which is part of like sending the guinea pigs for a while. And if it goes well, then, you know, I think they're going to, I've heard that they're going to gradually start with like send the kindergartners back and then first grade and like really slowly introduce, but they want the younger ones to have that in-person learning for their like socializing. And um, I'm sure it's going to be difficult for them, just the whole virtual thing in general, but like my baby, do I want to send him back? Like it with... doesn't make sense. No, uh-uh. and I'm like everyone wearing masks and staying six feet apart. Like that whole thing just seems really creepy to me. Which they yeah. they're fine and they wear their masks at the park riding their bikes and like the mask thing doesn't even phase them anymore. So th- I'm sure they would be fine, but I would be really worried at home. Um. So. Yeah.
1: Um, in response to that, I think it doesn't make sense to send the kindergartners back because they're like the least hygienic.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. I know and I, th- I think they're um, dividing the classrooms into like an A-B schedule so there'd be like only 10 kids per class max which is good but it's still gonna, it's just gonna be interesting to see how it goes.
0: Well, I think yeah. it's important to just, like, respect that boundary, though, for yourself, and if you're not ready, that's okay. I mean, you know, you just have to stand strong in what you believe in, and you'll figure something out, and, you know, just, like, I I mean, bullying isn't the right word, but don't let anything, like, any standard bully you into feeling. Yeah, Yeah, pressure, yeah, pressure you into feeling you should be doing something different, like, that's a good, that's a good boundary to set for that, is just to know your limits, and stick within them, no matter what, you know, and, like, be flexible let your limits change if they have to but yeah you know just stay true to what you believe in
2: yeah uh, I say that now and then like maybe two months in I might be real ready to send them back wherever so we'll see See how it goes (sighs) so
0: we've we've talked a lot about all of these toxic relationships that we can encounter but let's talk wrap it up just a little bit with focusing on creating and fostering positive relationships with others that are not toxic. So does anyone know how, how to do that?
1: Yes. Um, I think, you know, finding those people that do have those same views and they understand, um, is really important in that process.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you think you can have positive relationships while having strong political differences?
1: not right now Mm -hmm. um i don't think i mean it's so hard because if you if i'm with someone that disagrees with the fact that black lives matter Mm -hmm. and that all of these things should be overcome like i literally cannot feel comfortable like Mm -hmm. in inside of myself like i can't
0: feel comfortable Mm -hmm. well like mickey like you said you know like your heart and your head can't comprehend How somebody couldn't, you know, feel that way.
2: Mm -hmm. It's
0: really hard to look past that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And as far as the, like, if it's so hard because politics right now just happen to be so involved in human rights and all the change. I mean, that's been going on, I feel like the past like 10 years with same sex marriage, transgender rights, all these different issues arising that are just beyond like, Oh, the economy and the military. I do. I know some Trump supporters who, um, really lean on the like economy side of things and think that he's doing really great, things for the, you know, workforce and great things for America and with importing, exporting and all of that. And that's great. And I understand if you want to support him for that, he is a businessman and I'm sure he has done some great business decisions, whatever. I personally also think that if you're super rich and successful, you probably didn't get there by being like Mr. Rogers neighborhood, sweet guy. So I don't know if I trust him to begin with, but when you're voting for someone for those reasons, even if it's for those reasons, he he has such a bad record with the human rights stuff, and I don't feel like that that's something morally that you should be able to be okay with in order to just, like, focus on the money. Like, human lives and human rights are and safety are so much more important than those things. I'm assuming it's not as important for some people. But again, that's something that I just like, can't, can't grasp.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: I agree. And I think, you know, looking for those people, like you said, that have, um, that do support human rights that do make you feel comfortable, if you are also one of those people, because there might be people out here that are listening that are not one of those people. But, (laughs) um, you know, making sure that you have those, relationships where you feel comfortable um so i was talking to my husband the other day and talking about how like in pennsylvania a lot of my friends um were you know of all ethnicities and actually a lot of my friends here are of all ethnicities you know like just a various you know melting pot of people and um i don't have to explain this to them it's only my white friends that i have to explain anything to mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of an interesting realization that I've come to recently in that like I don't want to have to explain things I don't want to have to defend my family I don't want to have to tell you why yeah. <laughs> like everyone is equal everyone should be treated equally why like it just doesn't make sense
0: mm-hmm. so yeah.
2: it doesn't it just doesn't make sense <laughs> that's
0: yeah so with with uh your positive relationships. What are some of the best with positive relationships that you have? What are some of the best practices for nurturing them? And on the flip side, how do you say goodbye to a toxic relationship? We've talked about doing it, but, but how, what's the right way to do it?
1: So with the positive relationships, I think just, you know, reaching out, communicating, Mm -hmm. connecting, just just like you would any other relationship i think you know um and just making sure that you know you're being a good friend and you're learning about each other and supporting each other and i think that's true of any relationship and i really feel like that should be the foundation for any relationship however you have the toxic relationships where That toxicity, you know, weaves its way in through the entire relationship and you can't really like separate it out, you know, like it's really hard to say, okay, you said that, but it really hurts me. And, you know, it's just that like toxicity and it just invades everything. And I think for your mental health, sometimes you have to draw a line. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's the biggest thing that I've learned this year is that like Literally, is it okay for me to anguish over this relationship forever um, and think about it all day, every day, or would I feel better letting it go and having that peace and knowing that, you know, I'm happy with the decisions that I'm making within my household and within my family, and I'm happy supporting my family and, you know, making sure that their future is brighter than it is now you know, are brighter than those possibilities. Like that's the thing that you have to consider, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. So I think it, it really is as simple as if the person in your life, if you end a conversation with them and you don't feel good more than once, like, let's say everybody has an off day. If it's a regular occurrence, you really need to sit back and look at that relationship because this is your life and you have the control over, you know, just like we were talking about earlier you know, so finding those toxic relationships, opening your eyes and being really aware to, you might find some that you didn't even realize were toxic. And so just be really honest with yourself because at the end of the day, it's going to be the best thing you can do for yourself and your family.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I used to talk to my mom every single day on my way to work. When I still work, this is like, you know, three plus years ago, Mm -hmm. when I still worked in an actual location, I used to talk to her every single day on the way to work. Mm -hmm. Then I started staying home and like less and less and less. And then in the last year, I might talk to her once every two weeks on the phone. I text with her every day, but I cannot engage with her on the phone every day because she always has something negative to say about someone. She always has, um, She has like this tone of voice that she uses to talk about certain people like it's just like I can't you know and I know that and so my counselor has made me realize that keeping things surface level and keeping things um, really really you know like in my control kind of you know Mm -hmm. like if I don't want to talk to her that day then I'm not going to Mm -hmm. and I know that someday I might regret that I don't know Um, you know as she gets older or whatever but it's just really really difficult so Mm -hmm.
2: well i feel like it's better to have the memories of the brief conversations than a lot of really ugly ones that could happen i totally i totally understand where you're coming from uh, from that perspective but hopefully it's for the best and you can it i mean in a way that's salvaging your relationship because that that's really hard especially i just especially with your, her grandkids, like to some of those things to say and do and against them is really tough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being so open about all of this. We have the final question that we always like to ask. And it is just, if you could share one piece of advice on how to balance being a mom and a boss lady, what would it be?
1: Give yourself grace. If you don't get everything done on your to do list, just get it done the next day, get it done whenever you can. And also spend time by yourself. I have to get up at like five o'clock in order to spend any time alone, but I still do it. Because I need that mental space. I need that like quiet time, nobody's up. And, you know, it's just I don't care what I'm doing. I could be doing the laundry, the dishes, anything, but there's nobody else awake. (laughs) It's magical. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been a really heavy episode and I think it's, you know, we've talked about so many important things that I think are going to help a lot of people, honestly. So again, we thank you so much for, you know, just being so transparent and honest and open. Um, But before we let you go, we want to have a little bit of fun. And we have a segment called Hot Mess Moments where we have our guests share an embarrassing confession about a time they've been a total hot mess. So we would love to hear yours.
1: Yes. So this is actually hilarious. It happened last week. I've been avoiding the grocery store like the plague. Um, I order all of our groceries, have them delivered, open the door, and they're there. It's magic. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. But um, sometimes my husband knows that I have like social anxiety, like going out in public and being around people. And so he pushes me to go do things. So we needed bananas. And he was like, no, you go get them. And I'm like, no, you go get them. And he's like, no, you really need to go get them. So I went to the store. I went to Safeway right here on Pacific and I'm in the produce section. Now, mind you, I had just worked out. I am at the heaviest weight that I've ever been in my life, feeling horrible about myself, trying to lose weight, trying to, you know, do all of these things. And I'm having some issues with my thyroid and all this stuff that's causing me to continue to gain weight, even though I'm doing those things. Um, So, feeling like crap looking like crap I think um I go with like my hair in a bun or my hair back and like you know I was just not together (laughs) I go to the grocery store and I'm in the produce department getting my bananas and this guy goes excuse me and I'm like yeah and he's like what do you do for a living and I said marketing and he's like oh really and I'm like yeah why and he's like well what have you been doing? And I'm like, what do you mean what have I been doing? He's like, you are so sexy. And I was like, excuse mm-hmm. me? He's like, yeah, you're, he's like, I don't see women around here like you. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And I'm glad there's nobody else in the produce department. <laughs> and, um, I think that my husband paid this man to come. Cause I'm in, like, <laughs> I'm like literally thinking that my husband, like, this guy at 20 to be like, hey, go talk to my wife and tell her that she's hot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, I didn't even say anything to my husband about it when I got home because I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything because I want to see if he says anything. So okay. I, like, literally waited like four days to tell him. <laughs> I was convinced that he paid this guy to come.
0: Did oh he? My. He didn't. No, right? he didn't know. No. Yeah, okay. He was like
1: he was like, "Who well, you are. So like that's why he came up and said that to you. So yeah. it was really funny. But that was my hilarious um hot mess moment oh um where I was totally a hot mess <laughs> and I still got hit on. So
2: it was that is amazing. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. man the hot and hot mess. We <laughs> usually get the mess and hot mess, so I'm yeah I'm impressed. <laughs>
1: Oh, it was so also, funny. I couldn't believe it. But
0: I have been going to the wrong grocery stores. My mom is like, she, her and my dad have been separated for like five years now. She gets hit on, on the gro- at the grocery store all the time. Well, I'm off. like, okay, I'm going to the wrong grocery stores apparently. <laughs> I need to figure out where you guys are going. Uh, where I does she go? Safeway? Stuff. She goes to Safeway but the one in Yelm. But still, oh, okay. yes, I uh. guess Safeway where it's at if you're needing a confidence boost <laughs> they have some different lighting in there i don't know if it's the lighting
1: it's like a little
2: like lower you know it's not like, like that fluorescent filter.
1: yeah yeah i think it's the lighting yeah oh
2: my gosh i love that so much that's the best <laughs> yeah. honey i think we're out of milk i'll go why are you yeah. wearing your push-up bra no reason <laughs> <laughs> exactly i love it oh, thank you for sharing that with us yeah definitely. Awesome. Well, thanks for letting us just chat your ear off tonight. Um before you go, where can people find you if they want to follow along? And then you mentioned you had a little offer for our listeners. Go ahead and share that.
1: Yes, so um you can find me on Facebook at The Determined Mom. You can also friend me on Facebook. Um, I do screen the profile, so just so you know, but, um, <laughs> um, uh, and it's Amanda Tento and, um, I'm also on Instagram and everywhere else. The Determined Mom VA is on Instagram. I also have, um, a marketing membership for moms and that is online marketing for And you can also listen to my podcast, The Determined Mom Show, And um, I have an amazing offer, which is going to be Google My Business Masterclass. So basically everything that I teach my clients and everyone that learns from me about Google My Business um, is in this class. It's a step-by-step method of exactly how to get yourself ranking in that top three on Google. And that is where you're going to end up increasing your revenue I've had clients um, make thousands of extra dollars a month because they're now number one in that spot so um, I am going to include a link to that master course and then that way you can check it out so Um,
0: that's great I'm so excited to check that out awesome Great. Well, I think that that's all that we have for you. This has been such a good conversation. We've had so much fun chatting with you and I'm, I'm so glad that we got to chat. I see you on Facebook all the time, but we haven't actually met. So this is wonderful.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Once the COVID is over, hopefully we'll be able to get together in person.
0: Yes, That would be so awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. Everybody go check out everything that Amanda has to offer and we will see you guys next week. Bye.